In the drawing room, a group of suspects gathered. The detective has solved the mystery. Ladies and gentlemen, the butler did it. <laughs> You'll never catch me. The butler darted to his getaway car. But what he didn't know is this is a Nissan sales event ad. Wait, what? And his car is no match for the detective's Nissan Rogue or its standard VC turbo engine. Save on one of your own at the Nissan Thrill of the Drive sales event. Now get 0% APR financing for 36 months on select models. Availability is limited. For well-qualified buyers, 0% APR financing for 36 months available on new 2023 Altima Rogue and Pathfinder when financed through NMAC. Must take delivery from new dealer stock. 36 months financing at $27.78 per month per thousand financed. Actual down payment may vary subject to residency restrictions and NMAC credit approval. Not all buyers qualified. Dealer contribution may affect actual price set by dealer. Contact dealer for details. Offer ends 2-28-23. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. Sir, I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of we have tonight. I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. I've heard a lot of people say in the TCAP community on social media platforms and directly contacting me, once a predator, always a predator. And I think in many cases, that's true. But sometimes in the course of our investigations, I've found that there is redemption 
somebody can make a mistake, a mistake that could have altered a child's life forever, scarred them forever. It doesn't take away from the underlying crime. I don't feel bad for the person. I don't feel like if we didn't catch them, they wouldn't have offended. Because as I've always said, if this guy shows up and I'm not there with my crew and a 13-year-old girl is, what do you think is going to happen? And what I think would have happened in most of the cases is the sexual assault of a child. Having said all that, I think there are a lot of reasons why these guys do what they do. Chat online with a child, have a sexually charged conversation, make a date, and try to have sex with that child. And again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychiatrist. I just play one on TV and here on my podcast. And I do want to have a therapist on very soon to talk about some of these cases specifically and the predator problem in general. We have somebody in mind and it's just a matter of scheduling it. But you have three different categories, the heavy hitters, the predators who are hardcore, who'd be doing this sort of thing with or without the internet. They'd be the bad little league coach, the bad boy scout leader, the fellow hanging out at the mall, at the food court or the movie theater. Then you've got the younger guys who are opportunists, socially inept, think that they can meet somebody online. They're 19, 20 years old. If they meet somebody who's 13, 14, 15, eh, gray area, Romeo and Juliet. Not right, illegal, should be punished, but probably in many cases rehabilitated. And then you've got this group in the middle, these guys who have a predisposition, an attraction for wanting to be with an underage boy or girl, but wouldn't act upon it without the internet, the addictive nature, the 24-7 access, and the anonymity which allows them to say things online they wouldn't say face-to-face. They're dangerous, and some of them can be rehabilitated and some not. This next predator I've caught falls someplace in between all three categories. And that is why Christopher Urban makes such an interesting case to take a look at. Chris Urban was 26 when he surfaced in our investigation in Riverside, California. You may remember him for a lot of reasons. I certainly do. Urban had a chat online with a girl who identified herself as being 13 years old. And he was what we call a fast mover. He literally spent only three hours chatting with this girl before he actually showed up in the kitchen of our home in Riverside. Now, Riverside was the first location where we partnered with law enforcement, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, now led by Sheriff Chad Bianco, and the investigation at the time also led by Chad Bianco as a sergeant on the Sheriff's Department. And it was important to, at that point, work with law enforcement because the first two investigations after we confronted the predators, they merely walked away. Some were prosecuted after the fact, and I have to give credit to law enforcement in Virginia and in Long Island, New York, for for doing that. But in this case, in Riverside, we wanted to make sure, number one, that justice was served and that we were, two, socially responsible. And the other reality is that when these guys would just walk away, it was unfulfilling in terms of a television production. So we wanted 
to see the guy who got caught breaking the law, attempting to assault a minor, face justice and consequences. And in Riverside, California, 51 men, 51 in three days, faced those consequences. Christopher Urban was one of them. Online, Urban used the name Sixpack SoCalif. SoCalif meaning Southern California, I guess a double entendre meaning. So California, six-pack, either referring to his abdomen or to liking beer, I suppose. I'm not sure. I should have asked him that, actually, looking back. So he's chatting online with a 13-year-old girl, Kelly 13 Kelly, And right away, he identifies himself as being an area code 909, male 26. How are you? Asks her age. She says, 13, female, California. You? Right away, he says, sorry, 26, too old, huh? Now, he says sorry. He admits that 26 is too old to be talking to a 13-year-old, but he puts a question mark on the end, so it's like, eh, leaving the door open here. And right away, literally less than 20 minutes into the conversation, he asks, are you a virgin? She says, yeah. You? He says, no way, lost it 10 years ago, bragging to a 13-year-old girl. Almost a pro, he says, LOL. She says, cool, K-E-W-L. Why, you looking to learn? He's into this right away. Maybe, she says, oh, really? You're a bad girl, huh? LOL, maybe. We're in California, Southern California, same, 909. You? Me too. They talk about the locations, how far away the two people are, and how long it would take him to drive to the home where the 13-year-old girl is alone. He asks if he can send her a picture. Wonder if you want to see what you can touch if you want, meaning his penis. Clever fellow. She says, I ain't doing that unless I'm with a guy. With a guy, you mean if we meet? LOL, duh. Well, if we wanted to play, question mark, play what? Okay, never mind. Then he comes right back and says, with each other. What would happen if there were two of us? She says, what do you want to do? That's up to you completely. And this happens over and over and over again with the hundreds of predators I've caught. Somehow, in their minds, they justify that this is okay because they let a 13-year-old make the decisions as to what will happen if they're together and whether or not they become intimate. He says, want to get naked with me? He asks where her parents are. She says they're in Nevada for the weekend. Then he asks, would you answer the door naked? Maybe, or you can walk in and go where, he wonders. In my house, LOL. Okay, where would you be in your house? I don't know, in my house. Would I see you if I walked in? LOL, duh. What you want to do when you get here? She asks. Thought you meant you'd be in your room naked for me. LOL, you want me to? If you would like that, yes. And the grooming continues. He asks, would that turn you on? Then, what makes you horny? Like a 13-year-old even knows. She says, you tell me first. Anything we do to each other naked 
makes me horny, he says. Again, he wants a pick. Now, in a lot of these cases, we have picks already available of age-appropriate girls. We don't send naked photos, obviously. That's child pornography. So even these guys know that the likelihood of a child sending a naked photo is a crime in and of itself and would get them in trouble. Although they ask, they do. And they would accept it in most cases, I think. Then he says, ever been eaten? No, best at that. Cool, you ever sucked? Yeah, you have. Yeah, LOL, duh, bad girl. Did you make them come? LOL, yeah, LOL, you did, huh? And they go on into details about where he came. Then she asks, what else you want to do? He's committed now. Would you let me come in your mouth? Or no, if you want me to. Yes, don't take my cock out of your mouth till I'm done coming. Wow. Now, again, this guy's 26. And this is the chat with a 13-year-old girl. There's no role-playing here or pretending. He knows that this girl has made it very clear that she's 13. And now he wants to close the deal. You want to fuck, he says? Yeah, you do? You're a virgin, though. Yeah, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. That's okay with you? Yeah, LOL, duh. Just a one-time or a now-and-then thing, he says. He doesn't want a commitment with a 13-year-old, but he's okay raping her now and again. When do you want it, he says. You know it might hurt a little. Yeah, I know. Today? Then he gets into more questions. You masturbate at all? Sometimes. So you have made yourself come, right? No. What? Why not? I don't know. LOL. Want to come? You serious? Come over. If you want me to. He's now committed. So, just three hours after starting this conversation, he's now pulling up in front of our sting house in Riverside, California. But before he jumps in his car to head over to our sting house, he's got a few more things he wants to say. He talks about maybe bringing a second guy along. Want to suck one as you're fucked? She says, want to bring beer? He said, I can, or shots. Shots are cool, she says. Then he says, you ever watch porn? You want me to bring some? Sure. I have mostly group sex porn. Then he says, you like group sex? Now, how does a 13-year-old girl even know this? Then he says, I like the idea of two couples fucking in the same room, then trading partners. He's committed all right. I'll leave in, say, 30 minutes, okay? The exchange is given, and once again... Just three hours after this conversation started, Chris Urban is pulling up in front of our house. And given the nature of the chat, you have to wonder, because there wasn't a lot of hesitancy based upon the girl's age, you have to wonder if Chris Urban has done this before. If he's exposed another child to all this sexual assault group sexual assault, things that could scar a child for life. We'll get into that in just a moment. But now, Chris Urban is slinking into the back patio door of this home in Riverside County, California. What's that? Just straight up, did you tell her 
I wash my hands, right? And he's edgy. And almost immediately you can tell that he's been tweaking, that he's been smoking meth. He's just got that look about him. He's got that edgy, jerky movement. He's jittery. Now, I don't know this as a fact. When I first see him on the monitor, he gives off that vibe. And I know a little bit about this because I've covered, you know, the drug world as a reporter for many years. So he slides in. There's a quick conversation between him and the decoy. In this case, uh, it was Dell of Perverted Justice, who was posing as the 13-year-old girl. And she says she'll be down in a minute. So he goes right over to the kitchen sink and starts washing his hands, almost compulsively. And I had a discussion with Lynn Keller, my producer, about how to make each confrontation unique. Not that that was a priority. The priority is to get information out of these guys in an interview in a safe way, but to really get into their heads. But we wanted to do something a little different in terms of the approach. So he's washing his hands, and I decide that I'm just going to walk in to the kitchen, and I peel off a paper towel from the roll, and I'm standing there holding it. Now imagine this. You might have seen it. I'm standing in the kitchen with my notes, the transcripts, holding this paper towel, waiting for him, Chris Urban, to finish washing his hands. He shakes the hands off, turns to me, and I hand him the paper towel. And he's so high that it takes him a minute to sort out the reality that a man is standing in this kitchen where he's come to meet a 13-year-old girl for a sex party. And I'm going to hand him this paper towel. And he takes the paper towel like every kitchen's got a guy like me dressed in a sport coat, ready to hand him a paper towel. And he starts to dry his hands. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. There's a startled look finally. And I'm going to play the audio here for you so you can hear it and and remember what happens. And he's trying to process all this information. Take a listen. Paper towel's right over here. You, uh, have a seat right over on the uh, stool there, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, who are you? Chris. Chris. Yeah. And who did you come to see, Chris? Um, um what's your name? What's her name? I'm sorry. Oh, I can't you caught me out there. And as he sits down on the stool at the kitchen counter at the island, he's meticulously drying his hands with his paper towel between his fingers, his arm. And again, this is consistent with somebody who's been tweaking, smoking meth. And he apologizes. And I notice right away he's got a T-shirt that's got a marijuana leaf on it. But he's wearing a ball cap that says DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration. So here's the guy with a weed T-shirt, high on meth, And he's wearing a DEA ball cap. Now, I'm processing all this as I start to ask him questions. And he's timid at first. And he apologizes, as I mentioned. And then I start asking him what he 
was up to today. And you can listen to a piece of that. You came to see Kelly. Yeah. And how old is Kelly? Kelly, way too young for me. Way too young for you? Yeah. Then why did you come here? I came here to tell her that, actually. To tell her that you were too young? Actually, I did, yeah. 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 I swear I'm not. So you drove all the way from where? I drove from Rancho because I was tempted at first, and then I, uh, and then I was thinking on the way down here, I was like, you know what? I can't really do this. I don't feel right in my conscience. Like, I'm a conscience-type person. Yeah, I could tell. You're a conscious type person by your Very, very, very conscious. Yeah, like, and then I was going to come here and tell her, you know, I don't want to do anything. I didn't bring any condoms on. You did not? No. I'm really like a conscious person. I mean, look at me. I'm so dirty, like. I know. Well, I tell you what's dirty is this conversation you you had. Yeah, I know. He may have clean hands and arms, but he never really comes clean in terms of his intent. And I pull out the transcripts. And I'm still getting transcripts. Dell of Perverted Justice is shuttling them out to me. Actually, during the interview, and you can see this when you watch the actual videotape, because he got there so quickly that, you know, it took a minute for them to print them and highlight them and get them to me. So I asked him about some specific things he said. He's very sheepish. And he tries to tell me a story about how he was just going to go there and protect her, tell her that she was wrong to do this. And then I ask him what he's got in his pocket, because he's got this big bulge in his pocket, and it's a full bottle of Bacardi 151 rum. I guess this was where the shots were going to come from that he talked about in the chat. And I ask him about that rum. You know, was he going to get a 13-year-old girl drunk and then take advantage of her? And he said, well... It's watered down like that was going to make it all better. Listen to his explanation. I brought this, but this is really watered down. You can even test it. That's way watered down. Way watered down. Way watered down. What is that? It's a 151, but I put, it was this much left, and I put I put a bunch of water in it. So. You did? Yeah. And that was, why Why'd you do that? Because I didn't want to, I didn't, I, I wanted to leave it here when I left and just say, here, you can have this. And that's, that's, you know. So you were going to come here and tell 13-year-old Kelly that uh, you didn't want to yeah. do anything with her. I really here's did. some Bacardi rum and uh, I was actually condom. Gonna, I was actually- he also has a condom with him, and he pulls that out of his pocket. Now, he claims to me, and he's got a whole story about how it was an old condom, and it wouldn't have worked, and, and he always carries one in his wallet. Well, it wasn't in his wallet. It was in his pocket, and there was discussion in the chat about bringing a condom because that was a condition that 13-year-old decoy had attached to the sexual meeting. So you were going to come over here and say, look, do me a favor, though, just keep your hands out of your pockets unless you get your condoms out of there. That's fine. Yeah, just get what you're getting and put them right on the counter. Yeah, there is one, but it's no good. I always carry it with me. It was always in my wallet, and I took it out of my wallet when I was in my car. And, uh, yeah. And then he comes up with a whole other excuse as to why they wouldn't have had sex. He says he's dirty, and you always take a shower before sex. So now he's going to try to sell me on that, which doesn't work. And you can listen to that exchange. Hey, look at me. I didn't even take a shower. If I was coming to do something like that, I would have, I would have taken a shower. You know, I mean that's that's the first thing you do. How old are you? You know, I'm 26 years old, sir. 26 years old. And I really, I really feel bad. I know. The girl you I thought know. you were going to come see. Like I really feel bad, dude. Like I mean, I don't even know how to tell you how I feel bad. Now I was. 
worried like so now you like, go on and do this I, i'm sorry you know I, because i was desperate sitting at home i did and it's not right to do you're right they should have like control things on those chat rooms again he claims he wasn't going to do anything and i don't believe him because it was obvious from the chat it was obvious by his presence it was obvious by what he brought that he was going to have sex with a 13 year old girl if she was willing and if she was there i really wasn't even going to come down here yeah, but you and, did. And, and when I, I did because I didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I didn't want somebody to be absolutely hurt, okay? And sit there and go, oh my gosh, you didn't show up. You know, and, and I really should not have done this. I felt absolutely... Yes, don't take my blank out of your mouth till I'm yeah, done. I, I, I know. Yeah, I was not fantasizing about a 13-year-old, for God's sake. You know, that, that's not right to do. Everything Would you ever else. have two guys all over you? Uh, it's just, like I said, fantasy type What would you do with two? Yeah, it's just I wanted to hear. And, and and he denies, denies, denies. And then I show him the picture that he sent. Picture of his genitals. Listen to what he says. Did Honestly, you transmit this uh, photograph? Oh, my. I, I sent... I didn't know I sent that one. You didn't know? Well, actually, yeah, I did, but... Wow. I wasn't thinking of... To a 13-year-old girl? I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I know. I wasn't thinking. Now, do you know that it's illegal? I figured it has a parent. No, I didn't know that it was illegal. Illegal to send this kind of material? I did not know that. I truly didn't. Somebody who you believe is underage? I I did not know that. That's against the law. Oh, my God. I probably talked to Chris Urban for, I don't know, a good 20, 30 minutes. And you can hear here how it wraps up. Here's what you need to know, Chris. And that is that that uh, that I'm Chris Hansen, and we're doing a story on people who go. Well, you're welcome to leave and take your stuff with you. But if there's anything else you'd like to say, um, please tell us. And he leaves because he's high. He really isn't clear on what's just happened to him. He he does see the cameras come out after I announce who I am. It doesn't appear looking back that he had seen the predator investigations before some guys in that investigation in Riverside did. This was January of 2006. So he leaves, walks down the sidewalk next to our sting house and the sheriff's department is there to arrest him. And he doesn't put up any resistance. Again, he's startled. He's disheveled. He's high. Turn around and put your hands behind your back. Please don't do this. Because I really wasn't going to do this. Yeah. Go ahead and cuff him. Sir? Sir? Sir. What? Like, please. And it turns out, when they run his name and take a look at his ID, that he's on probation for another offense, a drug offense. And he's supposed to be going through drug addiction treatment. And he's not supposed to be using, much less showing up at the home of a 13-year-old to have sex. They tossed his car, searched it, and they find a glass pipe consistent with smoking meth. So that's a violation of his parole right there. He's arrested and taken away. Urban breaks down and cries to the sheriff's detectives, Chad Bianco included, claiming that he hadn't used drugs for a couple of months. I used it by two months ago, sir. Is it two months ago usually means two days or two hours. I'm on probation for it. What are you on probation for? For for possession in July, and that's the last time I used it. It's been a few months. For now, possession you... of meth? Yes. Yeah, I did Just use an hour ago. No, yeah. Oh. No, I'm not trying to get rid of it, sir. I really I... am not. 
Again, the pipe was found in the car. He ultimately pleaded not guilty to the charges from the Riverside case. And his lawyer in that case argued that while he's against predatory behavior, wants to protect kids, he had kids of his own, that this was something only law enforcement should do and that civilians, journalists, and online watchdog groups like Perverted Justice shouldn't be involved. Well, that argument didn't work. And he was found guilty. Chris Urban was. He was sentenced to a year in jail. And he got out. And this is important because while it's a rarity in these predator investigations, it appears by all accounts that Chris Urban is a fellow who turned his life around. I mean, it was bad what he was doing. There's no question. He could have harmed a child in a way that that child might never recover. And I truly believe in his state, he would have gone through with it and had sex with a child. Now, the question is, if he wasn't an addict, if he wasn't using meth, would he have acted in the same way? And based upon the totality of this, I think you could make the argument that he wouldn't have, that his judgment was so clouded by smoking meth that he thought it was okay to do this. Now, obviously it's not. The danger is there. The harm is the same, whether you're sober or drunk or high. And so he served his time. And by all accounts, he got his life together. He has been clean for years. He has a good job. And he's a contributing member of society. No more offenses, no more trouble. And he was monitored for a long time. That was part of his probation and registration. They kept a close eye on him. And I don't really want to get too far into where he works or what he does, because I think he has turned his life around. And I think... There are people who deserve a shot at redemption. And I think, and I'm hopeful, that Chris Urban continues to be one of those people. And that's why I would really like to interview Chris Urban. And I know that there are others out there, and we're going to talk about them in future episodes of this podcast, who have turned their lives around. There are some artists, there are some musicians, there are some business people. And they made a mistake, and it's a horrible mistake. And I don't know if it can be forgiven, but I think if somebody proves that they are sorry for what they did, and if they can prove that they'll never reoffend, I, I think in some cases we have to give them that second chance. And I think Chris Urban is a, an example of that. And I hope he never proves me wrong. And I hope he comes on this podcast to talk about it. I've reached out to Chris Urban. I have some contact information. He's not gotten back to me. But if you hear this, Chris, you, like everyone else who listens to this, can reach out to me at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. This week's question is from Greg in Suffolk, England. Hi, Chris. This is Greg from Suffolk, England. I have a quick question, and please feel free to use this on your podcast. It's about your book. 
called To Catch a Predator from 2007. I read it and I found it to be really quite amazing and uh, had so much extra information in it. And it, surprisingly, doesn't seem to be very well known, even amongst dedicated tea cappers. I was wondering if maybe that could be re-released on paperback and maybe you could put add a couple of extra chapters to account for Hansen versus Predators and all sorts of other stuff. Um, anyway, it was just a, a quick question and maybe you could do something else regarding your book. Perhaps re-release it now, now that you have such a bigger following so that it receives the attention that it deserves, frankly. Thanks, Greg. You know, that's a great question. I released the book through Dutton Publishing in 2007, and then in 2008, the paper bag came out. And so much has happened since then. I have been thinking about adding some chapters and getting involved in a re-release. I think that's a great idea, Greg. And and I know it sounds a little bit self-serving of me to to say this because it's uh, promoting my own book. But I'm very proud of that book, and I worked very hard on it. And it was uh, four months of writing a book at the same time I was doing my job at NBC, including the Predator investigation. So it was a it was a bit grueling, and I always joke that um, I don't know if I have another book in me. I suppose I do on a lot of different things that I've done over the years. But that's a great idea, Greg. And I will, I promise, reach out to my literary agent and get the ball rolling on that because I there's so much more to talk about, and I think that would be worthwhile. So thank you for. Reading the book, number one, thank you for your great idea, and thank you for the kick in the pants to get it done. A phrase borrowed from last week's episode of Predators I've Caught with Donald Morris. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all for listening, and I will be speaking with you again next week in the next episode of Predators I've Caught. I'm Chris Hansen.